0: We're all about the University of South Florida, but we also want to keep you informed on the Bulls' conference opponents. That's why three times a week we go Around the American. With today's show, here's Derek Sharp. Happy Monday back home in Tampa. Derek Sharp here in Fort Worth, Texas, the site of the women's and men's basketball conference tournaments for the American. And we've already learned the first two results from today, one that impacts the Bulls. We'll get there in just a second. We'll also take you through the men's basketball seedings, the women's basketball yearly awards, and a little bit on what happened with baseball and softball around the conference this weekend. So the Bulls will be playing Wichita State. Obviously, we'll tell you much more about the Shockers on Tuesday morning's Bulls beat, but long story short, Wichita State jumped ahead quick and had to hold on. In fact, they had a 13-2 lead at one point, seven-point margin at half, 40-25 Shockers. Temple came all the way back to tie it early in the fourth quarter, but that was pretty much it. The Shockers win it 71-61. So the 8th seed will play the Bulls tomorrow. An upset in the second game as UCF, the ten seed, defeats Tulsa and really dominated this game. Tulsa's spiral this year is officially complete after a 5-0 and start. Only two wins the rest of the way. So much more, as I said, on the USF-Wichita matchup on tomorrow's Bulls beat. It'll be UCF as the 10-seed playing the 2-seed Memphis. Now on to the yearly awards. If you were listening to Bulls Beat on Monday morning, or maybe even before Bulls Beat Monday morning, you knew that Dulce Finkamagiato and Elena Chenecki were the co-players of the year in the conference. They were both unanimously selected, obviously, to the first team. Again, this is voted on by the coaches. The remainder of the first team... Can't really argue, especially if you were at the Yingling Center on Super Bowl Sunday and saw what Layla Blair did. Well, she scored a career-high 30 points. She did more than just play well against the Bulls. She averaged 14.5 points per game, but also was their assist leader. And she is not a true point guard, but is so multi-talented that she ended up having to handle the ball quite a bit. And she also had 49 steals, which would lead some teams, but was 4th. On the Houston Cougars, still a very good total, and the Cougars are third in the country in forcing turnovers. Also on the first team, Tamara Poindexter from Tulsa. Talk about somebody who could do it all. Averaged 16.1 points, led them in that category. Led the Golden Hurricane in rebounds as well. Also put up 70 assists, 43 blocks. That led the team. Steals, 30, ended up tied. I just mentioned Houston, where 49 was fourth on the team. Yeah, 30 was tied for first on Tulsa, but that doesn't mean Dexter doesn't deserve credit for that category, and she was also 77 of 93. That's nearly 83% at the line. She's just really good and, again, was a first-teamer. And the other unanimous first-team player was Danae McNeil, the senior guard from East Carolina, who transferred there from Clemson last year. In her first season with East Carolina, did a fine job, averaged around eight points a game. Nothing spectacular, but, like I said, a fine job. This season, She was, I don't want to say trudging along, that sounds like an insult, but she was their leading scorer, but nothing crazy. Then that all changed. She scored four points in their conference opener, a loss to Tulsa. In fact, she scored four points in back-to-back games. At that time, she was averaging 13.5 points per game. Good, but not spectacular, like I said. She ended up averaging 18.2 because from there, she'd hit 20 in a win at Memphis, and As we know, Memphis had to win the last day of the regular season because of that result. That would have given East Carolina second place. Then, in two straight games, she scored career highs. 26 against Tulane, 28 against Temple, both wins. Another 26 against SMU, leading them from behind 16 points to go ahead. They actually lost that game in overtime, but she was stellar. And then, in her next three, she didn't hit the 20s but she scored what had been five over her average going into this stretch, 18, 18, and 19. The Bulls actually held her down to 10 points before she would go 20-plus five more times. Three more times she surpassed what had been her career high before this all started, including a 30-point effort at Cincinnati and a 34-point showing late in the season in that triple overtime win against Houston that locked East Carolina into the two or three spot. They ended up as the three spot. So Denae McNeil had a lot to do with that, and she was on the first team. Danae McNeil was also the defensive player of the year, and a lot of her points, by the way, came from steals and defense. She led the conference in that category, three steals per game. Her head coach, no relation, and it's spelled differently, but this is radio, so you know. Kim McNeil, the coach spelled M-C-N-E-I-L-L while the player was M-C-N-E-A-L. Kim McNeil is the coach of the year. And I know a lot of Bulls fans aren't happy about it, but i got to calm you down on this one. Is Kim McNeil a better coach than Jose Fernandez? Kim McNeil would tell you no. But considering that East Carolina was picked to finish last, it could certainly be argued that she had the tougher job to pull off getting East Carolina into the three spot and a 20-win season, surely going to the postseason. NIT, they're not going to go to the NCAA unless they win the conference tournament, but their contender and the fact that we're talking about East Carolina as a contender again picked to finish last that shows you what in preseason the league coaches thought and maybe part of that again this is voted on by coaches is saying we were wrong we were right about Jose who USF was picked to finish first but that's part of what went into it with East Carolina's Kim McNeil being the coach of the year as far as other honors most improved player Danae McNeil don't know that they couldn't have gone a different direction with that but hey Sixth player of the year was Tiara Young. That was almost set up by Ron Huey, their head coach, because clearly she's one of their top five players, but they brought her off the bench, and she ended up being the second scorer. The thing about Tiara Young that we pointed out a lot this season is she was clearly told to come off the bench and fire away. The LSU transfer had one stretch of games where, again, off the bench all three times. First of all, she averaged around 32 minutes in these three games, so she was coming off the bench real quick. She scored at least 20 points each time and combined in three games was 27 for 52 from the field. Now, she wouldn't always be that red hot, but she scored plenty. She scored 13 against the Bulls in the win in Tampa. If you're wondering, she did get a goose egg against Temple in one game, which was bizarre, but she ended up putting up 317 shots. In 28 games, so about a dozen per game for a bench player, she was clearly always going to be the sixth player of the year. The newcomer of the year, of course, Sammy Puises of the Bulls. The all-conference second team included Puises, along with Memphis's leading scorer, Jamiro Schutz, Jasmine Smith, and Savannah Wilkinson, both the top scorers for SMU, and Aliyah Nelson from Temple. Third team, no Bulls on that one. The two great players underneath for Wichita, Jane Ascende and Trijata Colbert. Along with East Carolina's My My, Amaya Joyner. Madison Griggs, the shooter for Memphis, and Dinah Jones gives Tulane a rep. And indeed, My My Joyner was named the Freshman of the Year. Um, she definitely had the talent to win those honors. We'll just put it that way. If you want to know the underlying tone to my voice, go to my Twitter page and see what I put out on Sunday after the announcement was made that Amaya Joyner was the freshman of the year Carla Brito of the Bulls was on the all-freshman team Destiny Thomas, center for Memphis absolutely agree with that she was outstanding, you could tell just emerged as a defensive force Ella Brow, guard for SMU And Array Young, unfortunately a player from Tulsa that was injured often this season, we actually did not see her in either game against the Bulls, but when she was healthy, she was a very good starting player for them. And her absence was a big reason why Tulsa started losing a ton of games. After a 5-0 start, they only won two more in conference play the field is set for the men's tournament we knew that of course houston was going to be the number one seed but there was still a showdown to be had on sunday afternoon and it was on cbs and jim nance was calling it and had a ncaa tournament vibe of course these are going to be two teams that make the field and wow what a game it was as at the buzzer right after memphis had tied the score houston no timeouts goes right down the court And Jamal Shedd cuts across the lane and tries about a 17-footer swish at the buzzer. Houston wins a Thriller 67-65 and is the number one team in the country going into conference championship week. There was plenty of drama in New Orleans. First of all, the Green Wave had to edge East Carolina, a team that had beaten them in Greenville two days before, 81-78. And that set the stage for Sunday's Tulane-Temple game to decide who was the number three seed, pretty important seed to have, and oh yeah, means you're not the fourth seed and having to worry about Houston until the finals, and this went down to the wire and happened to be Tulane head coach Ron Hunter's 500th career victory as they edged the Owls 83-82. to Jalen Cook scored 24 points. Tulane, which has had some late comebacks, was the team that was up seven late in this one before Temple made it interesting, got a 3 with about 30 seconds left to take the lead, and then fouled two lanes R.J. McGee to pressure-free those with 14 seconds to go. He makes them both. Temple, which has had some buzzer beaters, missed this time with just a second to go as the Green Wave come up with the block and the huge victory. Other Sunday action, a very tired East Carolina team was in Orlando and got crushed by the Knights of UCF 84-58. to Cincinnati put it on. SMU, 97-74. to 74. When the Bearcats are hitting offensively, they're pretty dangerous. Shot 55% in this one. Landers, not only 5-3, scored 24. And oh, yeah, David DeJulius, 30 points and 6 assists. So, going to be an interesting, I would say, unless the Bulls pull the upset, of course. But let's say the Houston Cougars are able to advance into the semifinals. That 4-5 game winner is going to be a potentially dangerous team, especially in my opinion, Cincinnati that's how the bracket unfolds by the way Houston the number one seed will play Friday at one o'clock against as you know the eight nine winner between the Bulls and East Carolina a Thursday twelve-thirty game also on that half of the bracket Cincinnati and Temple they play each other the second game on Friday flipping over to the other side of the bracket where you've got the two Memphis and the three two lane Memphis will get the 710 winner that's UCF SMU that's your second game on Thursday. And then Tulane, which will be the last game on Friday night, will await the 6-11 winner, Wichita versus Tulsa. Monday also saw the final set of weekly honors announced, not just for that shot, but for his entire week. Point guard for the Houston Cougars, Jamal Shedd, player of the week. His career high happened to come on Thursday night against Wichita. That was 25 points. He averaged around 20 and a half points along with four assists and three steals a game. Once again, Taylor Hendricks, for a record ninth time, is the freshman of the week. The UCF player is pretty darn good. He averaged 20.5 points and 8.5 rebounds. Five members of the honor roll. David Julius from Cincinnati mentioned his 30 against SMU. Memphis' Kendrick Davis averaged nearly 25 points. Also had 10 assists at his former team, SMU, in a win Thursday. Damian Dunn averaged 16, along with five and a half boards in two games for the Owls. Jalen Cook, a two lane, in three games in five days, averaged more than 18 points and five assists, while Craig Porter, of Wichita State, averaged more than 20 points, along with six rebounds and four assists.